talking about <clears throat> the believer's authority. Once again, I believe that it's a, a subject that's really important because, you know, how do you, uh, I mean, as, as, a, as a country, our greatest issue in the battles that we've been fighting in in recent years is we haven't designated who our enemy is. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult to fight when you don't know who your foe is. And so we need to know who our foe is. And so I say that because in this teaching we do talk about um, Satan because he's our ultimate enemy. And uh, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier years back. I had stopped to talk with a preacher in town because I was wondering about using their facility for some, this was before we had our, our own facility and uh, he informed me that that would never happen. Uh, in fact, he said, as long as I've got you, you know, I, I understand that all you preach on is the devil. <clears throat> well, if you've come for more than two weeks, I think you know that I don't, I preach on something other than the devil, but when you're preaching on the devil and demons, it's hard to talk about anything else. You know, and so this, in this subject that we're covering with uh, the believer's authority, that's, that's one of, that's some of the subject matter that we're gonna be covering. And so uh, um, please don't make the assumption that I, that's all I talk about because he really isn't one of my favorite subjects. And, uh, but the Word of God is, and it's part of the Word. So anyway, getting started here tonight. You know, uh, I've been a Christian now for over 40 years, and, and we were just talking about it earlier. In July, it'll be 37 years that I've, I've been in the ministry, 35 years here in Jefferson. And over that period of time, you, you hear a lot of different theories and opinions and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's important for you to understand that anything that's presented as a theory, if it's not biblical based, it's, or, or can't be proved by Bible, it's opinion. You know, and so, I mean, all of us, we have opinion on certain things, and we believe that the Scripture, to a certain degree, may prove that out. But until it's clear in Scripture, it's nothing more than a theory or an opinion. And so over that period of time, there's been a lot of, you know, I've heard all kinds of different discussions and opinions about Satan and Lucifer and all that kind of stuff. And so we're going to uh, talk about a little bit about that tonight to begin with. Um, I'm just going to read from my notes so it's before you. In the midst of these different uh, variations, a, doc, uh, a, a dominant doctrine has emerged from popular um, theory. And so this is what you hear uh, most often. This widely held understanding says, God created a powerful, beautiful, godly angel named Lucifer. And so <clears throat> the proof text for that, because we know that that's true, uh, we see in Isaiah 14, in verse 12, and it says, 
Now you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. You know, uh, there, there's so much stuff that's going on today in the world. Uh, I, am, I am totally convinced that it's demonically inspired uh, because I don't believe that human beings are capable of treating one another the, the way that they do unless there's another influence that's involved in it. And so I really believe that that's, that's true. And then in, in Ezekiel, we have another scripture we want to look at in Ezekiel 28. And uh, we're going to begin in the 13th verse. And it says, you were in Eden. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Remember that because we're going to be looking into that a little bit. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the, ta the uh, topaz, the diamond, a um, bunch of other jewels. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covered. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. You know, <clears throat> that, that last part of that verse, it may not seem very significant, but, but really it, it, it really is very significant because it, it tells us something. You know, because a lot of people in their uh, view and their opinion of God, um, they um, look at Satan almost like he's God. Well, in a sense, we'll look and we'll see that he is God, small g. But they, they, they look at him like he is as God. But number one, he is a created being. In other words, God created him. He wasn't, he, he wasn't just always was. He is a created being. And um, as a created being, he can only be in one place at one time. You know, and so usually when we think, oh, the devil's really been on my case. No, he hasn't. You know, we aren't important enough. <laughs> well, maybe that's not funny to you, but it is kind of funny. You know, we're, we're not that important. You know, his little imps come along and harass us and so forth. But now he's quick, you know, because he's a fallen angel. So that means that, he's, that he travels at the speed of light. You know, he's, he's really quick. But he's, he can only be in one place at one time. He's a, a fallen angel. He's a fallen being. So <clears throat> this Lucifer became prideful, turned into Satan, and rebelled against God. And so in, at D, in under number one, it says, at this point, popular theory also says Satan convinced one-third of the angels to follow him in rebellion. This popular theory uh, inserts that our Heavenly Father turned Satan loose in the Garden of Eden to tempt 
Adam and Eve. Now think about this. This is why what I talked about earlier about Eden and the garden of God. And, and I got thinking about this. And uh, I don't know that I've ever really heard anybody preach this, okay? But the implication was always there that God sent Satan, Lucifer fallen, into the garden to tempt Adam and Eve to see if they would be faithful or not. Now, I, I don't know if you've interpreted that way, but that's much of what I've heard in, in, the, in the interpretation of what I've heard from people. But, but listen to this. Now, Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? So God doesn't ever change. God's purposes don't ever change. And so <clears throat> when we're interpreting the Old Testament, we interpret it in the light of the New Testament. And so in other words, in our Bible interpretation, our interpretation always begins at the cross and it looks backwards. You know, uh, the Jews would have difficulty with uh, much of what we would teach. And in fact, in, in, in Paul's day, they had difficulty with the things that Paul preached because they, they began at the law and they looked forward. We, we begin at the cross, we begin at grace, and we look back to the law. And so everything, everything in the Bible is relevant to you and I. You know, whether it's Old Covenant, whether it's New Covenant, whether it's Old Testament, whether it's New Testament, it's all relevant to us. But what's significant is the lens that we look through. What do we, where do we begin in our view of the Scriptures? And so in Hebrews, the first chapter and the 14th verse, here, here he's talking about angels. And it says, are they, speaking of angels, are they not all ministering spirits? See, the mission of the angelic hosts haven't changed. It's been the same from, from the get-go and, and, and it'll not change. And so he says, are they not, speaking of angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? And so, <laughs> Other people are entitled to their opinions. I'm entitled to mine, my theory, and I believe that it's proved out by Scripture. I believe that Adam and Eve, that when they were in the, in the garden, Lucifer was sent forth as a ministering spirit to minister unto them. But what did he do? He entered into a, a serpent. He entered into a snake because got to understand something about a, a spirit. We are a spirit being, amen? We're a spirit, soul, body. We, uh, we live in a physical body. We have a soul, but we're a spirit. And, and the moment that your physical body ceases to function, 
in this world, your spirit has no means of expression. Now, thank God, as born-again believers, we'll be immediately in the presence of God. But why do, why do um, spirit entities, why do they want to possess or why do they want to control individuals? Because it's the only means that they have of expressing themselves. And so they need a physical body. You know, we, we even see it in the Old Testament, I mean, in, uh, in the Gospels where the legion uh, the man that had the legion of demons, the demons, they didn't want to just go out into nowhere land. They, they wanted something by which to express themselves. And so what did they do? They asked to be released into the herd of swine. And, and even a herd of swine had enough sense that when they were demon-possessed to <laughs> run down the side. They, actually, it was a, the thief has come but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you something. It tells us how much power and authority that we have as human beings, what has been invested in us through Jesus Christ and through, through God in creation, to know that a man could have a legion of demons and those demons couldn't kill him because believe me, they wanted to. They did everything they could to kill him. They tried to chain him up, but he'd break the chains. Everything that they tried to do to control him, they could not control him. But in a sense, not even those demons were able to control him because they couldn't take his life. But the moment they went into the swine, they didn't have the same authority, I guess, as we as human beings, what do you do? They ran down and they, they committed suicide. Heard a swine committed suicide. Have you ever heard of that? Mike, that wouldn't be a good deal, would it? You know, uh, so, but, but they did. And so, looking back at Ezekiel um, 28, you were in Eden, the garden of God. And so, he admits that he was there. But I believe what happened was he saw something. You ever, you ever think about this? I, I always, I've always wondered about this. You know, if Lucifer, which I believe he was, was the, this favored cherub, you know, who was basically a walking musical instrument in the presence of God. Personally, I can't imagine being in the presence of God and not being in awe, not be, think, whoa. Mm -hmm. You know, for all eternity, we're gonna be in the presence of God and we're gonna be thinking, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are in the presence of God. You know, I've been married for almost 50 years and I, I look over my wife and I just think, man, how did this ever happen? You know, you don't have to write me, Donna. <laughs> I mean, I, I married so far above myself. It's just, it, it just, it, it just amazes me. And as, as wonderful as she is, now she's wonderful, in comparison to God. Just think how we're gonna be so overwhelmed to just simply be in the presence of God. You know, uh, I, I've shared this, most of you have heard this, uh, but when, you know, years and years back, this was like within the first 
or second year that I was here, so it's some 36 or seven years, 34 or five years ago, that uh, we went down to Tulsa, I mean down to Des Moines at the Civic Center and Copeland did a, a communion service, a worldwide communion service. And so you came in and they gave you these little communion things. And, and so they had a whole service and you saw it on, on video. And then at the end of the service, he's gone home to be with the Lord now, but T.L. Osborne came forward to, uh, to serve the communion, to, to, to present the elements and so forth. And uh, now I don't often say this about guys, okay? But T.L. Osborne had the most beautiful blue eyes I have ever seen. And, and like I said, I don't spend a lot of time looking into guys beautiful blue eyes, but he did. Beautiful blue eyes. And uh, he began to serve communion, and I was, I was, I was smitten. I was awestruck. I could not take my eyes off of him. And I thought, what is going on here? And, then, and it finally hit me that this is an inkling of what it's going to be like to look into the face of Jesus. I can't wait to look into the face of Jesus because it's gonna be overwhelming if we've ever had any sense of discontentment or, 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 or fear or shame or whatever it may be. It's going to totally evaporate that moment that we look into the, into the face, into the eyes of Jesus. But, but I believe that Lucifer was sent to the garden to minister to Adam and Eve, but, but he saw something. But, but before we get that, let's, let's look in Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said... And this, this is what, the, now, now listen to these words because this is what Lucifer began to see. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Number one, you are created in the image of God. You are in his likeness. You know what that means? You're like God. Created in his image, created in his likeness. Let them, he's speaking concerning Adam and Eve. He said, God said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so that creep in your life, you have authority over it. And so God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And of course, we've said this, and I believe that it's true. Some people have a problem with this statement, but I believe that this is true. God basically made us man, God, over his creation. Now, small g. But basically, he gave us authority, he gave us dominion to rule on the earth. That authority was invested in us. Guess what? Angels didn't have that authority. Lucifer saw something that he had never seen before. Unconditional authority. Think about this. He gave us unconditional authority so that if, if man, of if Adam and Eve, if they wanted to take their authority that had been invested in them, and if they wanted to turn it over to somebody else, they could do that. They could turn their lordship, their godship, over to somebody else, and that's exactly what they did. And so Lucifer comes on the scene, and he sees what's taking place here. And he sees something that he has not experienced, something he's not seen in angels. Because I believe that angels' authority is conditional. They have authority as long as they do what God has instructed them to do. I've heard teaching. I can't really dispute it, but I really can't prove it either. But that these same ministering spirit, we know that we have that. That we have angels that are assigned to us. But you know, until we dispatch them, they're not able to do anything. Until we give them authority to go do whatever needs to be done, they just basically sit there with their, their hands tied. Well, God dispatches, dispatches angels for specific purposes. But you know what, if they're not fulfilling that purpose, God removes their authority, I would assume, as well, because they don't have unconditional authority. Listen to this in Psalms 89, verse 34. This is God speaking. Remember what he did? He gave man dominion. Psalms 89, verse 34. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Whoa, think about that. Why is it that we're able to trust God completely? Because of Scripture just like that. Because we have assurance from God. My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that comes out of my lips. Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. 
the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. Of course, that's talking about in Jesus. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible, not difficult, not hard, not reasonable, it's impossible for God to lie. We, <clears throat> we might have strong consolation who have fleed for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Why can we lay hold of the hope that's set before us? Because it's impossible for God to lie. So if he says that it belongs to us, it's impossible for him to change his mind. If he's promised it, it's so because it's impossible for him to lie. He, and he changes not. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. Remember, Satan was a created being. We are a created being. Everything that we see around us is, is part of creation. But God has always been. You say, Pastor, I don't understand that. Join the club. That's where faith comes in. But he says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? If he said it, it's as good as done. If he's spoken it, it doesn't change. Knowing God as he did, Lucifer, his antennas went up when he heard the Lord say to Adam and Eve, you have dominion without any restrictions or qualifications. Now, why this is important is when we begin to talk about the authority that we have in Christ Jesus, we've got to recognize that because oftentimes what we do is we put, we put limitations on it. God didn't do that. We're the ones that put the limitations on it. And oftentimes the limitation is our unwillingness to speak it out because we're afraid we're going to appear to be foolish. What we need to do is take the limitations off. We need to take and look at God's word and realize what has been accomplished, what's been done for us through the completed works of Jesus because he's restored back unto us that which was stolen by the evil one. Although angels have a free will, there is no reason to believe that their power and authority is un was unconditional or is unconditional like Adam and Eve's. And that's why Lucifer saw something that had never seen before. And he wanted it. He desired it. We were given dominion. You know, and that, that word dominion is really important because that word dominion talks about having uh, power and having authority. It, it reveals to us that we are the ones that are to be 
in authority. You know, I, I think about it. You know, we are, man was created to have dominion, to have authority over creation. But we see all around us where creation has dominion. It has authority over man. You know, drugs, alcohol, it's all made out of something that was created. And it's used wrongly, but we take it and we, we put it in our system and we lose control. Dominion begins to have control over us. And it begins to dominate us. And until we recognize that, that we can no longer do as Adam and Eve and yield to the, the dominion of the evil one because it's been restored to us. But, but guess what? If we, don't, if we don't pick up that authority, it has no place in us. If we don't use the, the dominion that's been invested in our life, you know, the enemy runs roughshod all over us and brings death and destruction into our lives in every area. But in, in Psalms 82, verse 6, and it says, I said, you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Notice that word there, gods, it's, uh, it's, it's in the small case. So he's talking, he's talking about his creation. He's talking about mankind. That we're to, we're to, we're to take that place. Now, we're, we're, we're not to be worshipped. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, but where authority lies, we're to pick up that authority and we're to, to operate in it. Because if we don't, if we don't begin to use it, we're going to see more and more death and destruction all around us in, in all these many areas. In Psalms 115, verse 16, it says, the heavens, and, and by the way, that word uh, God there is, is Elohim in the, in the Hebrew. And so it's, it's talking about, you know, in, 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 I believe it's in Hebrews it talks about how we were created just a little bit lower than Elohim. We were created just a little bit lower than God. And you know, the King James interpreters were afraid to put God there, so they put angels. But Elohim is never referred to, referring to angels. It's always referring to God. And so it's saying that we've been created just a little bit lower than God. And so you may think you are, but you're not. You're not Almighty God, and so nobody's to worship you. We're a little lower than he. And we have been invested with authority. And the authority that has been invested in, Adam and Eve lost sight of this. But the authority that was invested in life was basically so that they could serve God appropriately. You know, in order to, to serve somebody, to be able to really worship somebody, you've got to be in their same class. You got to be of the same makeup. You know, that's why it's so stupid for somebody to worship a cow. No offense, farmers, but, but it's, it, it's stupid. We're not of a cow class, we're of the God class. And so that's what he wants to do. He wants to, he wants to take us 
down to that level. And you go to India and you go to many of these places and people are starving to death and there's, there's beef on the hoof, but they can't kill it because it might be Uncle John or Aunt Susie. It's, it's, that's, that's how, what the enemy does to us. Why would we ever worship a rock? But people are worshiping rocks and pieces of wood, metal. It's ignorant. But that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to bring us down to that level of ignorance. He wants to bring us down to the level of, of animals, to the level of, and that's why we start to act like them. Because we've been taken down to that level because you become what you worship. When we worship God, we're, we're, we're raised to that level. Hallelujah. I don't know if you know this or not, but this is really good tonight. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I'm learning some. Anyway, verse 16, Psalms 115. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. That's you and me. The heavens belong to God. The throne is his. Remember what Lucifer, Lucifer wanted to do? He wanted to ascend to the throne of God. He wanted to be like God. But you know what? There is no way that he could ever be like God being merely an angel. He needed that unconditional authority and that's why he, he brought deception against Adam and Eve so that he could, he could take their authority and then his motive behind it was so that he could ascend to the throne of God. You know, uh, much of the teaching, this isn't part of the lesson and I shouldn't go here, but much of the teaching has been that even before creation, because that's why the demons were all over the place, even before creation, God and a third of the angels were cast to the earth. But you know, the thing that's interesting about that is that doesn't coincide, co what's the word that I want? Coincide? Doesn't coincide with scripture. Because when you read through the book of Revelation, you find that it was Jesus that cast Satan and the angels out of heaven, that Jesus took his blood to the throne of God and he cleansed heaven. It was once now again prepared for you and I. Don't you ever wonder why Old Testament saints didn't go to heaven? They didn't go to heaven. They went to Abraham's bosom. It was, a, it was a holding tank in Hades that was, that was there for the Old Testament saints. And when Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he preached to the saints in Hades. And that's why there were, there were saints that were seen walking around. They were raised up. And Jesus went to heaven and he cleansed heaven. He prepared it. He made it a suitable environment for the sons of God to reside. You know what the other thing that's interesting about it is? 
God didn't cast Satan and the third of the angels to earth until the sons of God who lived on earth had the capacity to deal with them. You and I have authority to cast out devils. We have authority to resist the enemy and he has to flee from us. That didn't happen until after the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And he paved the way for us to live the victorious life. The Creator gave us power and authority to rule over the earth. Do I dare say this? As though we were the Creator's. We weren't the creators, but it's as though we were. If you want to know how something operates, go to the individual that created it. God has invested in you and I His Holy Ghost. We are spirit-filled. Do you ever think about what that means? That means you and I, we are wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. That means we are wall-to-wall God because the Holy Ghost is the third person of the Trinity. And so that's why we know how to function. We know how to operate here within this creation as though we were the ones that created it because we have the Creator on the inside of us. Whoa, who? I could just about run on this thing tonight. It's, I, I, I don't know if this is hurting you or what, but, but I'm, I'm feeling really, whoo, I could almost get some Brother Hagen whoos and in this one. When Lucifer, still the sinless, perfect angel of God, just think about this. He was a sinless, perfect angel of God in the garden, sent to minister to Adam and Eve. He saw the unconditional authority that he had no right to. He had not that authority. In Isaiah 14, verse 12, How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will, notice, he's obviously not in heaven at that point. He's in, in the garden. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation at the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. You know, what did he tell Adam and Eve? He said, well, you you eat this, you'll be like God. The deception was they were already like God. 
Now, he wanted to ascend. He wanted to, uh, I will be like the Most High. He knew that he wasn't. But he wanted to reign, rule and reign. You know, in, as a result of the fall, and hopefully this, this starts making some of these passages a little bit more clear as you think about it from this context. But notice in 2 Corinthians 4.4, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how to, how to pray for the lost and so forth. But listen again to what it says here. Whose mind, well, let's back up to verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds, the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now, we've been redeemed from the blindness. But it refers to Satan as the God of this world. And so when you look around the world, you, I, I watched the, word, the, the news for 30 seconds tonight and I couldn't stand it any longer. You watch the news for 30 seconds and you see the fruit of the God of this world. It's the evil one. Now, what we need to understand is that he's no longer my God. That my authority has been restored to me through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so what I need to do is I need to begin to speak out boldly and confidently knowing what Jesus has invested in my life. And so when the God of this world is trying to impose his will upon me, I use the authority in the same way that Jesus used his authority. Remember in the wilderness, Satan tempted him three different times. And each time Jesus approached him or confronted him with the word of God. The problem is, if we're not word-filled, spirit-filled Christians, we don't have the ammunition. It's, it's like having a gun, but not having any bullets. So most Christians are out there trying to club everything to death when they're supposed to be loading their gun and using the ammunition that's been given to them. And the ammunition is the Word of God. This, this mouth that we have is a tool. It's a tool that's been given to us to speak what Christ has already completed in our life. Due to God's great love for mankind, Satan was allowed to become God of this world. We look at this and we think, man, why did he do it? Why did he allow that? Because for him to stop it, 
he would have had to have usurped authority that he'd given to man. For God to come against Lucifer, to come against the snake, that's what Adam and Eve were supposed to do. If God had usurped their authority, you and I as humanity would have lost authority and we would have lost it for all, all time. We would have become nothing more than a puppet to the puppet master. You know, that's what a lot of people think that God is, that God is the puppet master and we're just a bunch of puppets here on earth. But there isn't anything that's further from the truth. And he proves that by the fact that he didn't intervene. And he didn't intervene not because he didn't love us. He didn't intervene because he loved us. Because he wanted, he knew what he wanted in creation. What he wanted in creation is what you and I have. He wanted us to rule and reign here on the earth. What are we supposed to do? We're to rule and reign here on the earth. And as we do that, we bring all, give all glory and honor to him. The devil is not using a superior power or authority against us. He's simply using the power and authority that was given unto us. Why is this so important? It's so important for us to realize this, to realize that he's, he's no match for us. We run, we, we run scared. And when we don't know the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, we run, we run scared. Remember, I was, when I was down at COC, you know, I'd graduated and started a church up in Wapaka, Wisconsin, and we had a couple of little incidences that happened up there. You know, the one night we were at a Bible study, and one of the ladies there in the Bible study came to me, and she, she says, you know, my, my daughter, can we pray for my daughter? She's at uh, she's babysitting for this place at this place, and they're hearing all kinds of strange sounds. And I says, "Yeah, we can, or you know, we can go take care of it if we need to." And she says, "Well, we can do that." And I says, "Sure." And so we went um, to this house where she is babysitting, and and uh, on the way, found out that the people that live there did transcendental meditation and did drugs and just all kinds of stuff went on in that house. And as we roamed through the house, as you'd go into certain rooms, you could, you could I didn't see them, but you could sense certain spirits in, in, that, in that place. And so we'd take authority over it and we went through the house and every, everybody was calm and the girl felt comfortable staying there. And so we, we left. And, and when we left, I, I told the parents, now you don't ever let her babysit here again. Because the moment that these folk come home, they're going to bring the demons right back into the place. And I talked to them later, later on, and they said uh, she, she stayed the entire evening without another incident, that everything was wonderful. Another time, there was this uh, couple, they had this little baby. I mean, probably a year old or something. And they were, they were having issues. I don't know, every, I can't remember a thing that was wrong 
uh, happening around it, but they didn't, they didn't go to our church. But, you know, of course, we were known as, you know, people who would cast out devils and stuff. And so they'd call on us. And uh, so uh, we, we get this call from this guy, and he was going to run away. I mean, his wife made him stop, but he had walked into the baby's bedroom and looked the baby in the eye, and he said it was like Satan was looking back to him, and it scared him, so he was going to run away. He was afraid to go back into the baby's um, room. There was some issues with the child. And uh, so we went over to the house, and we, we sat down with them, and, and we, we, we began to take authority, and it was Pastor Becky that began to take authority over that that spirit, and I forget what, it, what she took authority over the name of it, but she began to speak to it. And, and both the mother and the father, their jaws practically dropped because when she began to take authority over that spirit, they said for the first time that they had ever seen that baby made eye contact with somebody. And when Becky looked into that baby's face and took authority over that demon, the baby was set free. But see, you got to know the authority that you have in the name of Jesus. And so I had my uh, uh, 63 Corvair. I wasn't able to move it up to Wisconsin when we had gone up there. So I caught a ride down to uh, Hillsboro, Missouri, so that I could get my car. And so that night I uh, went to school. And when I was at school, one of the instructors were late. And so they told me to go in and take class and just share whatever I wanted to of what was going on. So I was... I was talking, I shared these, these experiences with them. And, and you know, you get, you, I know none of you ever would, but you know, I, I kind of got a little cocky about it. And I said, uh, you know, it's almost fun starting to kick the devil around. You know, and everybody laughed, yeah, 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 yeah. And so then I was staying with this couple and they lived in this trailer, not that that was the problem, but I slept in this single bed, one of their kids' beds. and. So I'm sitting and I'm going to sleep. And you know how it is when you're just about ready to hit la-la land? And I'm laying there and I'm just about ready to slip over. And I hear this voice. And the voice says, so you think it's fun kicking me around? And I thought, oh my God, what have I done? You know, because I just knew he's, He's sitting right there next to me. And so I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over these thoughts. Be gone in the name of Jesus. And then I peeked to see if he was really there. You know, but, he, but, but, but see, that's what he wants to do. He wants to work with us. But see, we've got to know the authority that we have. We were walking down the streets. Of, I'm, I'm just stalling now because we've got some extra time and I'm pretty much through the notes, I think. You know, and so we are walking down the streets of Kiev and see, the enemy knows you. I'm not here to scare anybody, but, but you need to know. He knows you. And so we're walking down the streets of, of Kiev and there's this babushka woman. And she's looking at me and she goes... And she'd get around the corner, she'd look around the corner, she'd go, <laughs> and finally I walked, I, I was getting close to her, and, and I said, <laughs> she goes, <laughs> and she went running down the street. It was, she was demon-possessed. Yeah. 
But you know what? If you don't know that, what happens? You run the other direction. Rather than realizing, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to allow that. I remember one night we got this call. This is, this is up in Wapaka. I guess we've done a good job here. I don't get these phone calls anymore. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, but uh, got a call from this young guy. And, and once again, he's, he's scared to death. He doesn't know what to do. He's, he's ready to run away. And uh, um, the lady that he's, I'm not sure at this time if they were married or not, but she had a little daughter. Um, wasn't his, but. Um, and so he's in bed. And he wakes up and he, he, he says to uh, uh, his wife or significant other, I can't remember, and he says, honey, just come back to bed. Because she had gotten up to go with, uh, be with a little child. And when she, he, he lay back down, he thought for a moment, he thought, that wasn't her. And he sat up again, he looked and went in the other room. She sounded asleep in the bed and he called, and like I said, he called, he's, he's ready to run. He doesn't know what to do, he's, he's, he's so scared. And, uh, and so I said, well, what that is, and I believe it was the leading of the Holy Spirit that led me in this direction. I said, that's a familiar spirit. And I said, you know, you know, you t now, now I'm gonna scare somebody, but we all have spirits following us around. So. If you've, ever, if you've ever gone to a fortune teller, that fortune teller's told your fortune, um, that individual didn't know anything. That, that individual is yielded, submitted to familiar spirits. And so we have, we have spirits that know our history. And so, you know, I, I said, well, that, that's a familiar spirit. And uh, you know it, you 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 saw into the spirit realm, and and, uh, and he says, well, "What do I do?" I says, "Well, take authority over it. You're born again, believer. Take authority over it." And he says, "Well, I don't know how. How do I do it?" And I says, "Well, I can do it right now, but you know you're you're going to have to rise up." And he says, "Okay, okay, but just just do it. Get it out of here." You know, and so I over the phone I said, "In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command." that spirit to leave that household and stop harassing them and do not return in Jesus' name. And as far as I know, they never had any problems with it again. And it isn't because it was me, it's because I'm a believer. And so you, you, carry, that, you carry that same authority. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember uh, when we first started to hear about some of this stuff, <clears throat> Nicole was just little, and, and so we were convinced that uh, she must have a demon because she had this cough every night. You know, and of course back then we thought everything was a demon. And so she had this cough, and so uh, we're, we're laying in bed one night, and she starts coughing, and, and so we go in and we take authority over it. She stops coughing. Oh, we're pretty good. So we go back and we get in bed and we're laying there and all of a sudden I, 
Phil Becky getting close to me, which if you know Becky, that's, that's not her normal sleeping position because she likes her space, you know, arm's length or, or more. And, uh, and so I, I feel her getting close to me and all of a sudden she rolls over and she says to me, where do demons go when they come out of somebody? <laughs> <laughs> and being the priest of our home, I said, I don't know. <laughs> and so then she coughed and we were relieved. You know, so. You know, but it, it, it's not a funny matter, but, but, matter, but, but this is what I want you to understand. You know, sometimes we're so worried about, am I, am I, am I going to look silly? Probably. Or am I going to, am I going to mess up? Probably. But doesn't matter. You know what? What matters is that I get to the place that I understand I have authority in the name of Jesus and it doesn't matter whether it's right here in front of me or if it's across town. I remember I got a call from an individual, this is in Jefferson. I got a call from somebody from, you know, over in the eastern, western part of the state. And they said, we're dealing with this. You know, can you pray for us? And, you know, and I, I, I encourage them. I say, well, you know, you need to get some place where you get some teaching on this but, but I do have authority, and you can be in agreement with me on this thing, but, but you can't settle for that. If you just settle for what, what I pray over you right now, you're, you're, you're going to have trouble because it's going to rise up again. You need to know the authority that you have. You know what? You know what is so sad is, and maybe you'll never come back again because you're hearing this, but most churches will not talk about this stuff. Because it might, it might tarnish your image. Let me tell you something. We need to have an image of devil caster outers, sick healers, people being set free and delivered. Because it isn't that we don't need it in this day. We need it more in this day than we ever have in our ever. I mean, you need to talk with Aaron sometime if you don't believe that demonic activity is real. When he was in the military and he was in Haiti, you know, he, one of his responsibility because his military police was to, uh, to guard this prison, this military prison. And he said in this military prison, they had a witch doctor. And he said some of the guys would go back there and they'd, they'd tease him and stir him up. He says, I didn't. He says, I walked back there and you look in this guy's eyes and they glowed in the dark. You know, and Jimmy Rushton, when he was in the Philippines, he had a witch doctor that lived next door. But you know what? He didn't have any authority over Jimmy. Didn't have any authority. You need to realize, you know, we're blessed here in the United States. We may talk about demonic activity, but we really don't see very much of it. But you know what? They're out there and they want to harass us. And we need to realize, I have authority in the name of Jesus. I think there's one scripture I didn't read. Ephesians 2, 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according, we used to walk this way, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. We were, but we ain't no more. Mm 
We're sons of God. We're not sons of disobedience. Some of the stupid stuff we did, we thought it was just because we were stupid. No, we were demonically influenced. And you know what? We need to recognize that so that we use the authority that we have in the name of Jesus so the generations that follow us don't have to deal with the same junk that we dealt with. You know why I think that this teaching is so important? It isn't so much about me. It's about the generations that are coming after me. It's about what are we going to allow in our communities and what are we not going to allow in our communities. You know, I, I've, I've seen a deterioration over the last few years. And you know what? Not that I think that I'm that wonderful, but I blame myself to some degree. Because I moved away from, from spending time walking this sanctuary, taking authority over the powers that, that, that may be the one to control and dominate our community. We need to stop allowing the things that take place to take place. And we need to use the authority. Well, Pastor, we'll be taking authority over stuff all the time. Amen. Because that's what needs to be done. Because if we're not going to do it, who's going to? I'm not being critical of anybody, of any church or anything. But let me tell you something. If we don't do it, nobody will. And if we're ashamed to rise up and to say that I believe that what Jesus said, that we would cast out devils, I'm ashamed of that, then why in the world would we expect anybody else to rise up and use that authority? Let's be the people of God that we're called to be, sons of God, who have been called to rule and reign here on the earth. And in two weeks, we, study, we, we, we celebrate that suffering that Jesus went through. Jesus went through that suffering so that you and I could be reestablished in the power and authority, the dominion that was initially given to Adam and Eve in the garden. But it's been restored to us. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be ashamed. Let's not be deceived into thinking that it doesn't matter because it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Go out and cast out a devil. <laughs>